What are short duration bonds? Is it a good time to invest in these bonds now? from Bond Supermart. Welcome to another episode of our podcast series where we share with you about newborn issues and hold discussions on the fixed income market. So today we have Cyrus Ng who is with IFAS Financial to share more about short-term bonds. Hi Cyrus, please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Cyrus. I work as a research analyst. So mainly I publish research articles on Bond Supermart and our various IFAS platforms. Uh, and apart from that, I also try to reach out to investors through various means, including, you know, this podcast. Yes, awesome. Thank you for joining us. So without further ado, let's kick start with our very, very first question. So what is considered short-term bonds? So I guess there is no specific cutoff number for short-term, but generally speaking, short-term bonds are those uh, with shorter maturities, as the name suggests. So mm. this can range from a few months to a few years, about one to three years or so. Mm. And these short-term, short-maturity bonds also tend to be less sensitive to changes in interest rates as well. I see. Okay, so really just as the name suggests, short-term bonds. Lah. Exactly. I see, yeah. I see. Okay, still on more on like the introductory level, right? Can you share with us more about the performance of these short-term bonds? And maybe if it's possible, can you share and compare against the longer maturity ones so that we have a better idea? Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you look at 2023, short-term bonds remain fairly stable. And on the other hand, longer-term bonds actually suffered quite a bit if you look at the July to October period or so. And that was because the Fed was pushing back against diverse sentiments. But then as we ended the year in the November-December period, they actually rallied quite significantly. So I guess overall, throughout the whole of 2023, if you look at the Bloomberg Global Act Indices, for bonds between 1 to 3 years, bonds between 5 to 7 years, and bonds over 10 years. So these, th these three maturities generally had pretty similar, pretty comparable performance, mm. even though the longer maturity, of course, rarely at the end. I see. Okay, so if with both like short-term and long-term bonds, as you've mentioned, they did quite decently, right? Yes. So which do you think will then do better in 2024? Yeah, so, okay, I guess when we look at interest rates and yields to begin with, I think one thing we look very closely is inflation, mm. and especially for US inflation in particular. And if we look at US inflation, it has come a long way since its 9% reading, I think about one and a half years ago. So CPI inflation, I think if you look at the last reading, it's around the 3 to 3.5%. And if you look at longer end inflation expectations, also fairly well anchored. So that's through your fire fire inflation swaps, as well as your 10-year break-evens generally, Above 2%, about 2.5-ish percent. Mm. So not surprising that a lot of people are saying, you know, this battle against inflation is over. It's no longer an issue. But for us, we think that it's actually quite premature to say so. So the last mile for inflation, the 3% to 2% is going to be the hardest. And we see quite a number of near-term risks from like mm. your geopolitical events. We see long-term risks from trends like deglobalization and all that. So all of these are upside risks for inflation. So how does that you know, translate to interest rates, right? So for us, when we think about inflation with so much heightened potential for uh, inflation rebound, we think that um, shorter tenor bonds, uh, we think that interest rates will likely remain higher for longer. And with that in mind, we think shorter tenor bonds are our preference. They will continue to provide attractive views for some time with Fed rate cuts looking quite unlikely for now. I see. Thank you for also sharing the macro backdrop with us. So I understand that short-term yields, you know, we kind of expect it to remain attractive for quite a yeah. while. And um, I'm just curious as to when we might actually turn positive on duration then. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, as, as you said, short-term use, we expect it to remain attractive. 
But I think one key thing for investors and something we are definitely looking out for is the yield curve, actually. So mm. currently, the yield curve is inverted and we are waiting for this inversion of the yield curve um, before uh, perhaps turning more positive on duration. So I'll give you an example. So, so Singapore and US, what you're seeing is an inverted yield curve. In the US, the two-year US Treasury, uh, when I last checked in late January, you're earning about 4.3% on two years and 4.1% lower than the, the two-year for the 10 years. Mm-hmm. And this is not normal. So if you look at history, generally you should be paid more on the 10-year versus the two-year. And this is because of higher maturity risk. So on average, you're, you should expect to get paid about, let's say, 1% more. So one key thing we are waiting for is for this yield curve to disinvert. Meaning, one example is the 10-year should at least offer higher yields than the 2-year before we consider adding on duration to our portfolios. I see. Thank you. It's like a quick economic class. (laughs) Okay. So it seems like, you know, short-term bonds is the way to go. But does that mean that we can add just any short-term bonds to our portfolio? And perhaps, are there some areas that we should consider? Oh, uh, yeah. So... Even though we like short-term bonds, I think uh, def- I, my answer to your question is definitely not. So there's more things other than duration. Yeah. So I mean, one of the reasons we like duration, short duration is that uh, because of the inverted yield curve that I've talked about. So that's happening in the Sing dollar, in US dollar. But that's not happening in every single bond market. Right. So for instance, our Malaysian analysts at IFAS have talked about preferring medium tenor bonds, medium term bonds rather than short term bonds in mm. the Malaysia ringgit space. Mm. Because the yield curve there is actually upward sloping. It's normal. You are, that means that yields on the medium term are looking more attractive than your short term at the moment. And so that's for Malaysia ringgit where we prefer medium term to yep. over short term. And even within Sing dollar and USD itself, there are also attractive opportunities on the longer end too. So short, short end is more of a guideline, but on the longer end, we have talked about um, issuers like Commerce Bank, for instance. And so overall, I think I'll treat this short and long duration thing as more of a, you know, a starting guideline mm. rather than a very strict rule to follow. Okay, it's like a reference point, reference points lah. Yeah, exactly. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a reference point for you to consider. Right. And I'll also add that, you know, um, a bond is not just about its maturity. It's not just a single number mm, of you know, what's sure, its maturity sure. and duration. Yes. So when you buy a bond, right, what you're essentially doing is you're looking at the company, the issuer, and yeah. you're saying, okay, I think this is a decent company. I think, for instance, this company is profitable or you'll turn profitable. You'll have positive cash flows. It will... Um, you know, eventually be able to pay its coupons and principles. So there's many metrics, uh, you know, to consider apart from duration. And it's very important to look at the issuer itself and you have to be confident that they will, you know, eventually pay you back. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I think to add on just one quick thing is that, you know, apart from the investment side as well, I think as an investor, you also need to consider what is your own investment horizon, risk profile, why you're investing in the first place. So, Um, for instance, if you know that you need a certain amount of money at in five years' time, ten years' time, then there could be actually value in locking in guaranteed use over a longer time frame, even though from a uh, you know from a short term investment, medium term investment right. perspective is not uh, the best. Correct. Yeah, I guess there's no like one size fit all formula, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yes, correct. Yes. You always have to customize according to your own needs as well. Correct. Correct. Yes. Alright, so if we're anticipating for the yields to go down, right, does it make sense for us to invest in, you know, maybe like five-year bonds to say you so that we can lock in the yields while it's higher, right? Or should we actually be looking at, you know, multiple short-term ones, for example, the six-month T-bills, they're shorter, right? So how can we actually structure our portfolio? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, the question of portfolio structuring is, you know, very important because um, portfolio diversification is very important, whether you're in fixed income or you're investing. Whichever you're space. About, yes, right. exactly. Any space you're in, in, in your whole portfolio. So, I mean, at the start, you mentioned uh, and, uh, looking at use going down. So our research team's use is that rates will stay higher for longer. Mm. So they are unlike, unlikely to go down. We think they'll stay higher, right? Yep. So that's, you know, the key reason why we like short short term bonds because yep. we think that uh, short-term bonds can have attractive use. It's not going to come down. Yes. So uh, our recommendation is generally to um, to have more short-term bonds in our portfolio. Uh, maybe a mix of your T-bills, which are usually, you know, six months at the auction or some shorter tenor corporates, which can be about one to three years to maturity. But I guess I also add that um, if you disagree with, um, if any investors disagree with our views, so if, for example, you think that yields are going to come down, Fed rate cuts mm. are coming, then Absolutely, you should lock in use while you can. Mm. Uh, you can select medium, longer maturity bonds like your five-year, seven-year, ten-year bonds and so on. But I think at the end of the day, uh, whatever uh, tenor you choose, whether you want to be short-term, medium-term, long-term, yeah. diversification is still very important. So uh, if possible, try to spread your monies across different issuers. And again, we have identified some medium, long-term bonds as well, like mm. those by Thomson Medical uh, and HSBC, Commerce Bank, and so on. Yeah. Okay, I guess we're just providing like a different point of view if let's say you know whether you think yields will go up or go down. Yes, yeah. Correct. So um, also understand diversification is key. That's yeah. the key takeaway take for yes. everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I guess we can say like, you know, maybe both inflation and rates are likely to remain um, elevated for some time. And against this backdrop, right, are there any recommendations you can make then? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think... Uh, I guess lots of recommendations, but if you are a new investor, just very new to investing, I think one of the first things you can consider is treasury bills. Mm. So these are short-term bonds issued by governments. And uh, I guess in our case, we focus on those in Singapore and US. So Singapore yes. treasury bills, US treasury the bills. The T-bills. Yes, T-bills. <laughs> I, I think yes. very popular right. uh, in the past Highly few years. talked about. <laughs> yes, yes. So yes. I think a lot of people have heard about it. But if you're a new investor, definitely uh, something you should look into. Mm. So I think T-bills, um, well, I think the first good thing is their short maturity. So uh, I've talked quite a bit about it, the benefits. Right. So I won't talk about them uh, further mm. but I think another thing that I want to highlight is also their relative safety so for example US T-bills they are double A uh, plus rated yes. one of the safest products in the world just guaranteed by the US government very safe Singapore T-bills triple A rating that's the highest possible rating guaranteed by the Singapore government also extremely safe mm. and we think for both Singapore and US T-bills there's a honestly a very 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 low probability of them defaulting mm. um, you know over the next six months or so right. and investors can definitely consider this if they uh, you know if there's extra money lying around and you want to earn that you know extra you uh, for that honestly extremely very 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 low risk it's as close to no risk as we can get already exactly. I guess in I, a way yeah <laughs> I, I cannot say no risk yeah because as close to no risk but still some form uh, yeah. little little yeah, yeah. minimal minimal <laughs> minimal extremely <laughs> minimal yeah so yeah absolutely so T-bills you can find them six months but there are also many different maturities that you can find find on our platform so again very safe very convenient to invest in T-bills understand okay so besides these safer options that you have mentioned right, are there alternatives on the corporate bond side then yeah lots of alternatives on corporate bond side as well 
So I don't have time to cover every single one of our recommendations because we make them, you know, on a weekly basis. Yes. Quite a number of them over the years. Yes, our idea of the week. (laughs) Yes, yes, our idea of the week. Exactly. Yes. So, um, but I guess some examples within the USD space are your UBS and Stanchart. And uh, apart from that, there's even your Bank of East Asia's uh, 2030 bonds. If you're looking for slightly higher use, I think the U2 was, when I last checked, was about 7.7%. Uh, but of course, with the higher use come with some risks as well, like non-core right. risks, uh, especially as it's callable in like one plus years, but matures in six plus years. So lots of options, UBS, Stanchart, Bank of East Asia, and US dollar. Mm. Uh, apart from that, within the Sing dollar space, there's also quite a number of recommendations. So... You know, just naming off some names, we have uh, travel names like Shangri-La's uh, 2025s. Mm. So they're offering, I think, 4.2%-ish. We have your Straits Trading Limited offering slightly higher yields. You have uh, your ES group, ESR Group's uh, 2025s offering 4.8%. Uh, and of course, depending on your risk profile. So if you have a higher tolerance for risk, then uh, we have also recommended Olam's bonds. Mm. Uh, so that's a commodities giant. And yep. those are yielding over 9% when I last checked. Mm. So... You know, quite a number of names, right? Got some banks, got dollar US Variety dollar. that you have given us. <laughs> yes, quite a number. But I think um, the key point is that uh, when you look at a bond, you have to consider your own risk tolerance. Yes. And that's not something I can uh, directly give to you over a correct, podcast, correct. right? Because it's up to the individual. Yeah. And we have to look for quality issuers which, you know, fit your own investment profile. So lots of opportunities you have T-bills for a fairly safe option and within corporates, lots of options with different risk levels as well. Correct. So I guess it drawbacks to the previous question that we had also yep. about how, you know, you should diversify and also you should cater to your own needs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yep. Yes, okay. So thank you very much. I also like how you actually pointed out that there are some risks involved um, when it comes to higher yields, you know, what are the things that you should look at. So thank you very much for that. And as we wrap up this episode, are there any key takeaways you would like to highlight for our audience? Yeah, so um, I guess the first key takeaway is that um, if you look at the US, we are, we are seeing uh, multiple upside risks to inflation. And the labor market there is also strong. And this combination means that uh, interest rates, in our belief, are expected to remain higher for longer in the US. And mm. uh, that is going to affect the rest, most, most of the rest of the world as well. So first thing is on interest rates, higher for longer. Now, the second takeaway is a direct result of this interest rate view. And that is that short-end yields should continue to remain attractive for some time. Mm. And therefore, investors should continue prioritizing your short-term bonds over long-term bonds. So that was the second one. Prefer short-term over long-term bonds. Mm. Now, the third thing is that, you know, every apart from short-term, long-term, investors really need to look at the underlying fundamentals of each bond and each issuer that they are buying into. So you have to be really confident that the issuer is going to pay your coupon, pay your principal eventually. And the best way to predict this is to just take a deep dive into their credit fundamentals. And if you're happy with the fundamentals, if you're happy with the duration and the maturity, the short-term bonds, then you can consider it for your portfolio. Mm, I see. Thank you very much. That has been a very, very engaging session. So thank you once again. And this episode was brought to you by Bond Supermart. I'm Feng Yi and our guest speaker with us today is research analyst Cyrus Ng. Follow Bond Supermart on Facebook, Telegram and X to get first-hand updates on new bond issues, credit updates and special events. For bond information and articles, visit our website bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. 